I'm Tabby. And I'm Caitlin, and welcome to part two of our discussion of It Happened One Summer by Tessa Bailey. As always, we like to start off with our general feelings about the book. Um, If you have not read it and you want a basic outline of what was happening in the book, go revisit part one where we do a brief synopsis. But yeah, Caitlin, kick us off. How did you feel about this book? So for me, I, I really enjoyed it. It's a nine out of 10 for me. The, so I absolutely love like the overall setting of the book and adore all of the characters, but I will discuss later. There are a couple things that I didn't like so much. And so it did kind of bring my rating down um, from being a perfect 10. So I actually had mine as a 10. I actually just changed it to a 9.5 because there are also some bones I have to pick with Tessa Bailey. As usual, it's the same things as always. Um, <laughs> but I nostalgically love this book because it is like the first ever like romance like rom-com book that I read and like it is so special to me and I thought it was so cute and like it really got me on Tessa Bailey in general she's a fantastic author and it just kind of stuck with me same thing with like the second book in the series so um, 9.5 for me just based off of a couple flaws I'd like to talk about yeah and I mean I I had read rom-coms before so like I can say it really is genuinely a good one it's very good Um, so if you're someone who's never read rom-coms before it would be a great one to start off with like these like and then there's the second book of course so there's two so you know it'd be a great little little and Tessa Bailey is so talented too yeah she has a lot a lot of books They're all very good. Not all of them. Most of them are very good. (laughs) Most of them are very good. There are some that I read and was upset. (laughs) Tessa Bailey, you know what you did with the clown. You know what you did. I didn't read that one, but I will not be apparently. (laughs) The Hot and Hammered series, Tessa Bailey. You know what you've done. Okay, so one of them that I I did read was in the Hot and Hammered series. Yes. Okay, okay. My bad. Zero out of ten. We do always like to talk about the characters in the book. Obviously, Piper is the first one we will talk about. She is our main character. She is the moment. She's iconic. She's iconic. She is giving Alexis Rose vibes. So Tessa Bailey wrote this during the great pandemic of 2020, and it is heavily influenced by Schitt's Creek. Piper is based directly off of Alexis Rose. Hannah definitely has like some David Rose qualities, but for the most part, she really did kind of just pull a lot from Alexis specifically when Mm -hmm. writing Piper. Yeah. And then a little bit of the plot, like rich people being uprooted from their lives and put into this tiny town that they have like a piece of ownership in, but everyone's like, uh, you're not really. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, it's directly like a... Oh, my God. Is Brendan rolling shit? <laughs> no. Is that Mick? Oh, well... Who's rolling? I feel like it has to be Brendan. <laughs> he's basically the mayor of the town. He's the mayor. Oh, my God. He's rolling shit. He's okay. rolling shit. Embarrassing for him. Brendan, that <laughs> sucks, buddy. Yeah. You're not even a little bit, Ted. <clears throat> Definitely more mutt than anything. <laughs> Even um, mutt. I wouldn't want him to be mutt either. Because I know. Mutt sucks. <laughs> Brendan, anyway. who are you, baby? <laughs> Brendan's his own creation. This is his own character. He's Ted. It's fine. Um, so some things that we loved <clears throat> about Piper, we love her fierceness. Um, she definitely fights for the things that she wants, even though she is misguided, I would 
say. Um, she is definitely, you know, kind of vapid and a little bit surface level at the beginning, but she definitely finds herself and she, you know, kind of grows into who she is supposed to be. And I love that about her. I love her growth throughout the book. 100%. Her growth is is massive throughout the novel. She like rises above all the stereotypes that are, you know, placed on her because of the way she looks and where she's from. She literally, her inner monologue is amazing. So it's good. Hilarious. And I especially love it in the times that she is like feeling attracted to Brendan because she is like such, she is freaking feral for that man. Feral for Brendan. Like she's got everything under control until that man just like looks at her the right way. And then she's like, I am literally not going to jump his bones. Yeah. Until I fuck this man, I am not, I'm not going anywhere else. Honestly, it's wholesome. Yes, and I just love all of her relationships with the different characters. Like, her and Hannah's relationship is so good. And, like, at at no point in time, like, I think does she ever want to, like, use Hannah. And, like, like when Hannah showed up to, like, get her out of jail, she's like, why are you here? Yeah. But, like, I'm glad you're here, but why are you here? (laughs) Um, And, like, the fact that Hannah was like, yeah, I'm coming with you. And she was like, absolutely, you don't have to do that. Like, I will suffer this alone. Like she she even tried to get her out of trouble. She was like, is it Hannah's fault? And then Daniel was like, well, she bailed you out of jail when I told her not to. (laughs) Like, she is just a very loving character. Uh, Same thing with, like, Opal. Like, her and Opal's relationship is so freaking wholesome. Yeah, I love that she gets to reunite with the grandmother that she never had because she doesn't really know any any of her grandparents except for her mom's side, which she never sees. And so like that was just so special to me. It really is very sweet, especially because Opal like needed her granddaughter's presence in her life. Like she was living by herself. She was super lonely. She wasn't going to see her friends anymore since her son died. Like she spent like basically two decades being depressed and so like it's it's great to see her like kind of revived by this love for her granddaughters yes it's so freaking cute then we have hannah little (laughs) hannah banana i love hannah she is honestly she's so pure she's a sweet little cinnamon roll of a friend so cute she is truly truly there for the people that she cares about and She's just such a good person. So is Piper. But yeah, they're both just Hannah. great people. And like Hannah is such a ride or die. She was like, yeah, fuck, I don't need to work. Like, let's freaking go. Yeah, like, we want to rebuild moving. this bar. Let's Hell do it. Yeah. She's like, I, I will leave my job for months, even though I'm in love with my boss. And I'm trying to work my way up in the industry. I'll be there for you. She's like, yeah, but that doesn't matter. And like, let's go to Washington. It'll be fine. She's like, we need money. Cool. I'll get a part-time job. Like, I don't care. Like, yeah. she's just a good person. Hannah is the freaking best. She really is. I love she's her. She's like, you need me to fight this 6'4 fisherman? I'll <laughs> do it in the street. Because Brendan was like, it, his anger was unjustified. Obviously, it was more of one of those reactions when, you know how, like, whenever you do something stupid and you almost die and then your dad gets really pissed. And- yes. What the fuck were you thinking? <laughs> He's like, are you okay? Cool. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. As soon as he realizes you're not injured, you're actually getting yelled at. So 
So that's what was happening. Um, but Hannah was like, absolutely not. We do not react that way. Toxic masculinity. Back up, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, she was absolutely ready to tear that man to shreds. And Fox was like, that's kind of hot. <laughs> that's really cute, babe. She's also just so unproblematic. Like, Piper wants to reunite with her grandma. She's like, all right, let's do it. You want to move across the country? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Um, you need to go to, back to LA to find yourself? Don't worry, girl. Like, I'll hold the bar down. Yeah, you go I'll, do that. There's only one customer. It's fine. I got it. <laughs> yeah. So she's like, fucking go for it, girl. Uh, I, I just love, love Hannah. <laughs> I love the fact. Also, I just love that she's like, yeah, I'll go back to LA. And then the bar is swamped and she's like <laughs> putting she's out like, fires. I'm fine. She is literally that meme with the dog like in the burning house. Yes. And she's like, everything's fine. <laughs> or like that episode of SpongeBob when SpongeBob and Patrick are raising the baby clam and SpongeBob yes. has like 20 arms. <laughs> Hannah is the best. Uh, yes. And then we have Brendan. Zaddy Brendan. Zaddy Brendan. He is he's hot, y'all. He's hot. Guys, he is he's mysterious. Fucking uh he's brooding. He's gloomy. He's, he's ripped, ripped to shit, man. Yeah, he does hard work on the boat. Like she, he takes his shirt off and Piper's like, he's not he's not a bodybuilder. He is like blue collar working man ripped. And I love that shit i eat it up yeah she's like oh those muscles are from like like trying pulling ropes like pulling traps (laughs) and like yeah like oh my god additionally we love the fact that he is an absolute simp for piper and you know what that's also hot i love it when the man falls in love first and i do feel like it is kind of like a like a mutual falling in love thing for them but he was definitely like i will risk it all for this woman that I've just met. And like, yes. I eat that for breakfast. And he didn't know what to do with his feelings too. So he was just like, yeah, I, I changed the locks on your door. Um, Yeah. I, I told someone to put padding. Oh, so you don't hit your head anymore. Like, he you know what, Brendan like, acts of service. That's my shit. So I dig acts of service and physical touch are my same. Love languages. Piper has the same love languages as us. How cute. Oh, that's really fun. Is, is that really yours? Oh my God. Yes. yes. What? Wow. That's hilarious because that's we're not good. even blood sisters. <laughs> we're just marriage. We're sisters. just the same people. We have the same genes. Um, so yeah, freaking love that. He just showed up and he's like, I think this back patio needs a pergola, like for people to hang out. Under. Like, people and love a fucking pergola. That, oh my God. He's fucking Luke from Gilmore Girls. That's yes. Yes. He's no one from Shit's Creek. He's Luke from Gilmore Girls. He is Luke from Gilmore Girls, the only good character. Like, I know you love Gilmore Girls, but well, they yes, all I do, suck. but I understand. I understand that it sucks. Um, and Luke deserved the world. <laughs> Luke deserved better. Lorelai is kind of an asshole. Listen, I, I have a lot sidebar. of love for Lorelai. Yes, sidebar. I have a lot of love for Lorelai, but obviously she um she needed therapy too. She needed yeah, also she's to, got a lot going on. Um, work through some things and she just didn't have the time to work through them because she was a mom at 16 what are you gonna do um her anyway. parents kind of suck too and it's like parents she didn't have the support she needed were very emotionally neglectful and yeah it was generational trauma yeah um but luke but we I'm love you man. Her happily ever after with luke they deserve everything ah, in the world. amazing but yeah he is he is luke from gilmore girls for <laughs> sure 
Also, him downloading Instagram so that he could look at Piper's pictures while he was at sea and fucking get off to them <laughs> on a boat full of 20 other men. That is dedication. That's some dedication I like to see. Speaking of secondhand embarrassment, though, when he accidentally followed her, I was like, ah. <laughs> I was like, what are you going to do? Like, baby, you do you. And he I get it. it. Yeah. He's like, fuck, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And when she asked him about it, she was like, what pictures did you see? And he's like, a lot of them. Literally <laughs> every single one that you have. He's like, you know, all those pictures where you're in a, a small bikini. Yes. Mostly those. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I searched those out specifically. He's like, I'm not going to lie to you right now. I find you very attractive. And like, what more could you ask? How transparent of him. We love honesty. And Brent is straight the fuck up. He's black and white. And he says that the whole book, there's only black and white for him. And I do love that about him. It can be kind of annoying, I'm sure. Actually, no, like it does. It does become an issue later. But in that moment, black and white, for sure, man. I get you. In that moment, it was hot. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And then we have Fox. Fox. (laughs) So I know I personally, I really do like Fox. You don't get a whole lot of his character development in this book. Like in this book, he's the comedic relief and I know like he's not your favorite like and I get that in this book I am fucking barrel for Fox in the second one like don't get it twisted it's just in this book I totally get that because it's like we don't have time to dive into his character no no but we get glimpses of it we get glimpses when he's like at the record store in the bonus scene he's like I like this girl and he's getting a call from like this girl that he hooks up with sometimes and he literally ignores the call because he's like more interested in being with Hannah in that moment and so it's like then Hannah's like why are so many people calling you yeah she's immediately like put off by it she's like are these all women and he's like yeah but I'm ignoring them all for you baby (laughs) (laughs) but it's all for you baby girl (laughs) but then with him buying the Fleetwood Mac album like oh my god so cute that's so fucking romantic and like also like he definitely like his relationship with brendan is perfect because brendan is so black and white whereas fox is like i'm gonna do whatever the fuck i want to Mm -hmm. and so i think he really pushes him and he really challenges him to like kind of like take that next step in his relationship he's like if you want to go get it it's been eight years man like yes he absolutely was super supportive and he even at the memorial he was like Desiree wouldn't have wanted this for you she wouldn't have wanted like obviously she would want you to like keep a place for her in your heart but she wouldn't want you to be alone for the rest of your life because she tragically died young like that is not what she would want for you and honestly Um, the whole thing makes me very sad for him because I'm sure he did feel so remorseful about it like like can you imagine like coming home and like your dead wife is just like on the beach and like you find her there but it's like I don't know that we really went into the details in the synopsis. That's my bad. But yes, it was very traumatic for Brendan because he had um Desiree had passed while he was on his boat. And so she had an aneurysm, right? An aneurysm, yeah. So it was completely unexpected. She was young and healthy otherwise. Um, so he did feel extreme guilt and you know, never really processed that. 
they also had like a relationship of convenience though and so like he knew he was not like the world's best husband because like where they respected each other they did not love each other and so I think that probably weighed very heavily on him because he respected Mick and because he had a very healthy respect for Desiree just like not the love they needed they their love for each other was honestly more it felt more like a family or friendship type of yes they did not have a passionate romance they were not like sweeping each other off their feet like it wasn't anything like what he experienced with piper and so i think those feelings too caught him off off guard yes exactly and he was like why the fuck am i feeling this when i didn't even feel it for my own wife yes like especially like the very first day like she came over for for dinner he was very much like what the fuck is happening yeah, here he's like, like why, why am I, I acting like this right now <laughs> <laughs> um yeah <laughs> like are we about to kiss right now anyway kiss um, back to fox we just we do love his thoughtfulness but yeah you don't get to see a whole lot of it in this book I'm so excited to cover hook line and sinker same I go back and forth but I really do love that book I do I do I just finished it actually so good so yeah, those kind of the main characters. Um, so we'll kind of jump into the things that we liked about this book as we normally do. I'm a sucker for small towns in media and in like on vacation. I love going and hey, I know I'll let you I'll let you have your soapbox in just a minute. But it's, there's something very romantic about it in a story. Um, perfect backdrop for a romance. But I will let you <laughs> give your spin. okay. I only love small town romances when it is fucking like Fisher towns like this. But like, I cannot stand small town romances when it's like in the middle of fucking like Wyoming uh-huh. or like like mid east like well, midwestern. Give a little bit of your towns. background, and I think that'll explain why. So I'm from a small town um, <laughs> originally. I'm from a very, very small town in Missouri. I won't give names, but it sucked. It's terrible. And everyone knows your shit. And the people there can't read. Most of them drop out of high school. And it's like, no, like there is nothing charming about living in a small town. And maybe right. it's different in Washington. I don't know. Like I said, a fisher town. Yeah, yeah that's that shit's cool. And like it was touristy. And like for sure, it's probably really neat. Mm-hmm. But like I do not like small town romances there is nothing good about it and most of those men are trash (laughs) I 100% can understand where you're coming from but as someone who has never been forced to live in a small town I'm like oh yeah that sounds real cute (laughs) no it's not cute and I (laughs) hate it and I probably never would live in a small town but no and I'm gonna go visit a local like fisher town like yeah for sure absolutely I'm gonna go eat the local fish and chips like that shit's I'll eat that shit up. Yeah, but like put um, me in a Fisher town in like Washington. Yeah, I'm going. <laughs> I'm gonna be there like without a doubt. But like absolutely it's there. it really just applies to like anything that's not coastal. And <laughs> if it's yes. anything in the Midwestern, Mid-Eastern like areas of the United States, I don't know. No, wanna... I get that. And yeah, I guess I do prefer more uh like if it is gonna be a small town romance, I do tend to prefer the ones that are coastal because I'm thinking of it's a Nicholas Sparks book. And it was turned into a film and I cannot remember the name of it, but it's like, she goes to like this coastal town, like to like get away from like her abusive husband. It's probably a Jillian Huff. Yes. That's yes. Yes. I'm pretty sure. I don't remember what movie it was, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, She's like fixing up this like little cabin, this little cozy cabin in the woods. It's like a local hunk. Anyway, 
Yes. Julian the crystal has... vibes make it more romantic. Safe haven. Safe haven. That's the fucking one. That shit's it's the first thing that popped up. <laughs> yes. That movie, I was like, I absolutely love the backdrop. It's beautiful. It's romantic, but it was a coastal town. The only coastal towns. I think you might be onto something. Yes. There's something special about it. Some things that I liked about this book. Tessa Bailey. <laughs> Tessa Bailey, you've started like a little bit of an Easter egg hunt for me because you know what you do in every book? You mentioned anal in mm-hmm. every single book. There is butt stuff. Yeah. And I seek it out at this point in time because I know it's going to be there. I just don't know when. Yeah. And like I very first noticed it with this one. So obviously like twice, twice in this book it happens and it's very weird and it's very like not natural not cohesive with what's going on she's like oh we're enjoying this like yeah i'm just gonna stick my finger up this dude's butt like does he look like he likes it he's probably never had that before i don't know but then it happens again when tessa mentions it too it's usually like this is like one of the first times they're sleeping together yes 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 but it wasn't the well, yeah, no, that was the first time they ever slept together. Mm-hmm. Like, like yeah, I'm just gonna stick a finger up your butt. Yeah. Um, and then he reciprocates later on, and I was like, cool, that's fine. But then it happens again in window shopping. Mm-hmm. In window shopping, and then it happens again in the Hot and Hammered series. Yeah. And then I don't remember if it happens in her new book or not, the one about the bounty hunter. I can't quite recall. I also don't know if it happens in Hook, Line, and Sinker, but it's like... It doesn't... It does not... Oh, you know what does happen, though, is spanking. So there is ass involved. There's always something with the ass involved. And I think that is so funny. And I don't know if this is a cry for help, Tessa Bailey, (laughs) but... She does it on purpose. I look forward to it every single book. Um, yeah, and uh, we talked about it with window shopping as well. But because it's she like, was obsessed with his butt because he had yes. a bubble butt. And I'm sure it was very, very cute. Do not get me wrong. I'm sure his butt was gorgeous. But my thing is, like, and we talked about this already, but, like, that he is was not fucking you weird just, about it. You don't just break that out one of the first times you're sleeping with someone. No. And two, you... Ask for consent first. You don't just stick your finger there, but they're always just sticking their finger there without asking. I know. Yeah, no, and, like, the one in window shopping, that would rub me the wrong way. I don't know. Because it's, like, she's going out on him, right? And then she's, like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to, like, do this really quick. And yeah. I was, like, oh. And, <laughs> like, and he was. He was into it. Into like, it. it's whatever. But, like, but it, like. That's not. It's the principle of the thing. Yeah, but it's, like, you got to ask. You do. Because, like, sometimes it hurts. So, like, you got to ask. Yeah. 100%. I agree. The dinner scene. Oh my god. The dinner scene. The dinner scene. 10 out of 10. But also it wasn't. Oh, the dirty talk. Because and I'll I'll touch on this later because like my god, does she just like (laughs) (laughs) what was 10 out of 10 for me is again just how feral they are for each other. I absolutely love that for them. They could not be more excited. And I love that for them. Yes. And I thought that was very sweet. (laughs) My favorite thing was up until this point, like at no point, like at one point in time, Brendan like had said something about like, he felt like his dick was about to like pop through his jeans. But other than that, he was like pretty mild. Mm -hmm. And like, you you knew he was very interested in her and like, he did want to be with her. But like, 
all of a sudden, I was like, sir, who are you? Because he of just a sudden, he broke dirty- out the urban dictionary. Yeah, he just starts dirty talking out of nowhere. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> like, I'm here for it. But like, my God, like, give me some whiplash, dude. Like, yes. you're a gentleman. And, you're a um, gentleman. Oh, <laughs> but is but he? he's not. Um, My thing is like, yes, that was super hot. I was super into it. But then I do think that it, Tessa Bailey takes it too far. Takes Every it too once far. in a while, she will say something wild. Um, and it just takes me out of it. Same with Allie Hazelwood. She does it too. It's like, yes, Allie Hazelwood's be... notorious. Yes. And it's like, okay, we're there. Everything's going great. And then you just say one thing that I'm like, I don't love that. And nothing can go wrong. Oh no, oh, it all man. went wrong. It all went wrong immediately. I actually just bought Allie Hazelwood's new book at Barnes and Noble earlier today and I'm going to give it a go, but I already know how it's going to end because like it's very consistent in each book how it ends, but I'm I still, still going to read it. Tessa Bailey, listen, girl, this is my bone to pick with her. This is where the 0.5 gets deducted from my score because everything is going well, right? And he's like, "Yeah, I want to fuck you." And I'm like, "Absolutely. Let's do it." And then he gets fucking weird about it yeah. because he is like taking her bra off and he's like, baby, those look so pretty. And it's like, okay, like, sure. Yeah. Her tits are pretty. Like, that's fine. But then he starts referring to her kitty as it. Mm -hmm. And I don't like that. And like, at no point, like, listen, if you're like, just say like, call the pussy. Just yeah, call it. it a pussy or just be like, let me see you. Like, you know, like, they'll know what you mean. But, like, multiple occasions in this one scene, he said, let me look at it. Let me see it. Can I rub it here? I'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? It has a it, name. <laughs> like, just call it what it is, dude. Don't be what? afraid. <laughs> Putting it in place of anything is weird. And he does the same thing for his dick. Like, call it a dick. Call it a cop, do whatever you need to, but like, don't call it it. Do whatever you need to. Because also, if you call it it, what if you get it confused with the other it? Yeah, it's like, which it are we talking about now? <laughs> like, please, I'm going to need you to be direct here. Be specific. Uh-huh. Anyway, that's my biggest bone to pick here. Oh, and also, what does she say? I don't even remember what the other thing he said was. He just gets weird about some stuff. I don't know. All the other dirty talk, like, all the other spicy scenes, it was fine, except for her, like, freaking doing that to him at one point in time without asking. Whatever. But, like, everything else, totally cool. Totally whatever. But, like, just that one scene, I was like, man, that's a weird way to, like, introduce this. Yes, I agree. It's like, everything is great, but then just a little bit of things will be sprinkled in throughout the scene that I'm like, didn't love that, but moving on and we're back to greatness. Anyway, overall, overall, overall it was fantastic. I've definitely read worse. Sure. Um, <laughs> <I'm> unfortunately. Sure. <laughs> um, so kind of moving on to, you know, piggybacking off of that, some other things that we weren't a huge fan of. I personally didn't like the dramatic hospital scene. I thought we could have done without it, especially because Brendan wasn't even the one who was hurt. I was just, yeah. like, just pointless. And also them just casually like, going to have sex in an empty room in the ICU I thought was gross <laughs> not even that 
But it's like, so they're fucking getting it on in this ICU room, right? Like, there's no one there. It's like, hopefully no one needs it, whatever. Like, you just contaminated everything. You touched all of it. But then it's like, of course no one has a condom. We're in the middle of an ICU room. And they're like, you know what? I trust you with my body. And I've known you for a week, at maybe two, maybe three at this point. Like, yeah, like, fucking raw doggy, dude. Yeah, no, it was uncalled for, altogether uncalled for. Um, also in the epilogue, um, Piper like thinks it's like like cute that every time like the word pregnant gets brought up, like immediately Brennan just fucks her, and I'm like, ew, <laughs> like that's terrible. <laughs> I hate that. I hate that. Because like, she's like, yeah, we're trying to decide whether or not we have kids. But ever since it gets brought up, Brendan just raw dogs me. Like, yeah, it's, like, totally normal, though. It's like, I don't know. Maybe we should talk about it, perhaps. Uh-huh. But yeah. also, like, I don't know. Maybe you have, like, a breeding kink. That's fine. But, like, also. But still be on birth control. Like, be on birth control, <laughs> if you're not ready. <laughs> like, uh-huh. you don't know each other. Like, even at that point in time in the epilogue, it was one week later. One it wasn't, like, one year later. It was like, stay together. Yeah, yeah, like, after having, like, a fucking throwdown, smackdown WWE, like, fight in the middle yeah. of their front yard. They're like, yeah, no, like, we're ready for kids. No, you're not. Yeah, no, I did. Not. I did not like that. So that is definitely in the in the the list of things that kind of took away from my perfect score. <laughs> I don't love. I didn't love that. Yeah, same. Um, her parents sucked. Yeah, Piper and Hannah's parents suck. Um, specific. Well, no, not even specifically her dad. Her dad, I think, in his mind's eye, was trying to like do the right thing by her, I guess. But also, it kind of felt like he was just trying to get rid of her. Yeah, because she was like causing him problems, and yeah, and he's like, you know what? Just we're gonna send you off to Washington, and like that's weird. That's a weird way to do. Like, go learn a fucking lesson. (laughs) Like, I'm not sending you any money either. Like, you're roughing it, and it's like, okay, like that's cool, but also like it's kind of hard to not have money. (laughs) Yeah. Especially when you're sending them somewhere, it's like, it's not like they're going there to get a job. Like, you're just sending them. No, you're just sending them there. So, I don't know. That was weird. And, like, I get that her parents are in love and stuff. Like, that's cool. But also, I feel like her mom just, like, really kept a lot of stuff from them. And she was very unapologetic about it. Yeah. She's just like, oops. She forgot to mention you have a grandma. Yeah. Like, oh, I forgot up. to mention your dad was a town hero and he's actually a really cool dude. And, and it's like, I left him out because I'm sad about it. Yeah. They're literally not even mad at their mom for it, but I would be. I'd be pissed. It's like, I would get it if it's like he hit you or he abused you or something and you like no. fled from him. And like, they yeah, I would forget it too. No, but you love this man and you had two kids with him and he died tragically and you just like chose not to tell them about it. Yeah, you were like, man, this is too sad for me, so I'm not going to tell my kids anything. Fucked I don't up. know. Like, they're her parents, I don't know, they suck. You're right, you're right. And that could be um, a reason why Piper has such a hard time communicating things is because her mom fucking doesn't yeah. tell her anything. <laughs> or maybe, like, that's why she was, like, so ready to risk it all after a month was because she was like, well, it's what my mom did, so. Yeah, she's like, well, it worked out until he died at sea. Yeah. <laughs> Hope that doesn't happen to Brandon. Another thing that I think neither of us are a big fan of is that big argument when Brendan stormed off is like, he literally had always said, like, I'll do anything for you. Like, you know, we'll get through anything together. And then he was like, nope, I'm out for the night. I do think that he like, he was thinking 
she really does need space for the evening. That was like his thought process. But I think it would have been better for them to actually reconcile things because he was leaving for a trip. Yeah, like if he were just like blown off steam for the night, going to sleep somewhere else, totally cool. But you were literally like going for a very long time. Yeah, two weeks, right? Like yeah, like that. That's a long time to be gone and not talk about something. Yeah, and also it's like again, Tessa Bailey is like notorious for like the insta love Mm -hmm. type relationship. Like it's an immediate like love at first sight thing, and so I think that's just hard for me to like kind of follow. But, like, you don't know each other. Right. Like, you you can't know after four weeks, like, what her plans are. Because, like, of course, she didn't talk to you about it. But also, it's like, how could you expect her to spend the rest of her life there with you when you've known her for a month? Yes. And he does acknowledge it. Like, whenever they're apologizing to each other at the end, he does acknowledge that, like, yeah, no, it actually was responsible for you to have like a backup plan. He's like, I'm sorry for getting mad at you for that. So he does acknowledge that he was being sure. Really just like in that moment, but, though, like, yeah, like in that moment, why did you even? I don't, I know. don't know. It just it was weird to me because like, weird. like, I don't know, maybe it's because like we've never experienced that before. But no, I mean, it's like, just not enough time. Like, I can't imagine at knowing someone for four weeks and being like, yeah, I'll uproot my life for you. No, it's fine no. for a story. It's fine for a book or a movie, but that's, hey, in real life, if this happens to you, if a man after four weeks is like, move into my house, here's my key while I'm gone on vacation for two weeks, probably maybe like, just like weigh your pros and cons. <laughs> yeah, maybe like let's just let him know, like, hey, this is moving too fast. And like maybe things will work out in the future. Like maybe you can talk to him about that. But if he gets weird about you not wanting to move that fast, it's a red flag. That's a red flag for sure. Yeah. Um, and like he might be a serial killer. You he you don't be. know. Mm-hmm. You don't know that. Exactly. Yeah. And it worked out for Piper, but hey, Piper's a fictional character, and so is Brendan. Um and it's and, like, in real some life crazy people out there. Yeah. In real life, Brendan very well could have been a serial killer he could have killed her and hannah she brought hannah into this mess yeah and we love hannah the whole miscommunication trope aspect of that really just kills my soul yeah because i i knew exactly like i knew she was gonna miss meeting with him of course like yeah that's just how that goes and so he's like the big like drama yeah if you're not there in the morning i'll know you don't care and she's like i'll be there and then it's like abe balls and it's like abe Come on, man. Like, you've really never fallen before. Yeah, you've been doing this walk for, like, a month now, and he ain't never fallen. Jesus, Abe, get the fuck up. (laughs) And he hit his head, too. That's really scary. Yeah, like, Abe almost died. It's like, come on, man. Like, any other day you could be doing that. Yeah, like, Abe, that's really inconsiderate of you. I'm not going to lie. Um, and then, like, their arguments, like you said, they're just immature. They always resulted in then having, like, sex. They never actually communicated anything. So I feel like yeah. just the last half of the book was, like, one big miscommunication trope. Yeah, because every single time they, like, went to bring up something uncomfortable, they would end up just having sex and and being like, we'll table that. But when you do that every single time, then obviously Nothing nothing's done. worked out. So, yeah. I really- didn't love that. It was, um, that part was frustrating, but I, I get it. It's like for the drama. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's really my only bone to pick with the book though. Same here. Cause otherwise it was super cute. It was super wholesome. Ended well. I'm going to now kind of talk about some symbolism throughout the book. You know, for being a rom-com, 
this book had quite a bit of symbolism woven throughout. And I was like, wow, like she's getting deep with it over here. So the ocean itself, the ocean to the town of Westport is God. Like this ocean controls their lives. It controls Mm -hmm. their livelihood. It takes the lives of men who go out and, you know, take care of this town by bringing fish. Um, So it's very much like every aspect of the town of Westport is controlled by the ocean. So I thought that was like, you know, it added to the um, more dramatic parts of the book. Like whenever they were, there was a fucking storm going on and they were like, <laughs> oh yeah, Sanders, <laughs> he almost died. But yeah, he he's fine. The ocean giveth and the ocean taketh away. <laughs> you, you were so right. That is poetic. Um, so that was, that was one prominent symbol. Um, I would also say just, okay, I'm going to lump something together here. So I was going to just say Henry Cross. But I'm also going to say the Delaray. Um, I'm going to kind of lump them together because they symbolize like the heart of the community. Yeah. Um, that's what connects literally all of the characters together is Henry Cross and the Delaray. Like uh, just, you know, Piper and Hannah, that's their connection to the town. Everyone in the town celebrates Henry and his ship as a hero. And just nobody has anything but utmost respect for that man and his memory yeah. and he is literally just a local legend so he is he is the glue that holds the town of westport together and well, like even there. even for fox too like yeah. like whenever brendan was like i want to give you the delaray so i can open this new boat fox is like oh shit man like yeah i don't know about that and so like it literally touches every character it does and so it's like that is like there's not a person in westport who is not affected by that and then, of course, Brendan's wedding ring um, is a symbol of not only like his past, but also just that guilt and feeling of duty that he had like to his town and to the people in that town. He was like, I can't fuck it up because I'm following in the footsteps of this beloved man, Henry Cross, that everyone loved and respected. And if I take this wedding ring off, I'm going to lose that respect. And so it was very much like it was tying him and everything else together. Like that wedding ring represented his duty to everyone in the town. It represented his position as captain of the Delaray. And yeah, so when he took it off, that was a big deal. That was huge. Yeah. Um, There's also a lot of tropes. Well, yeah, I mean, there's a couple tropes throughout the book. It's not a very long book. Um, The first one, I think Tessa Bailey does this very well, is, like, the Hallmark love story. Yeah. Um, We see that in this book. We see it in, like, window shopping. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's always this, like, either city girl, city boy falls in love with, like, small town or, like, underdog type character. Yes. Um, In this case, it's city girl falls in love with small town widowed hunk. And I love that shit. We do Uh, love that shit. And so, (laughs) Kayla said the only thing missing with Brendan was an adorably sassy 10-year-old daughter playing matchmaker for her dad. 10 out of 10. Gives me parent track vibes. (laughs) Yes, it is. Absolutely. Yeah, this is like your true love type story. Like, they weren't friends. They weren't enemies. They didn't know each other. They was just like an insta-love Hallmark story where like... First sight. They were like, like, I have to have that one. Hey, ma'am, can I fix your pergola for you? 
that <laughs> I can fix that. I can fix that. It's giving holes. It's <laughs> it's, it's giving, giving Dulé Hill from Gilmore Girls meets Shit's Creek. Yes. I can just see Tessa Bailey writing on her whiteboard. She's drawing all the circles in the air. She's like Alexis Rose from Shit's Creek meets Gilmore Girls meets Dulé Hill from Holes meets. <laughs> Hallmark love story and it really works and I loved it um also we have like the grumpy sunshine which is my bread and butter which is my shit we I love grumpy sunshine same oh my god I'll read I'll read any grumpy sunshine book it doesn't matter if it's bad it doesn't matter if it's good I'll read it it is so like heartwarming and I wholesome. love it because it gives me like golden retriever black cat vibes. Yes, absolutely. And it's like you just love to see that person just soften to that. Like that's the only yeah. person that they'll let in like that. That's the only person they'll be a softie for. Eat it up. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Ah, like mafia novels, especially. I oh, love that. Sh- oh my same. God. Yeah, when it's a little bit dark, ooh, even it's better. like. Yeah, I but, kill people, and it's like, but I love you, and it's like, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would be terrified of you in real life, but in a book, <laughs> yeah, you kind of scare me. Um, but yeah, Tessa Bailey does it really well, like because so we good. No shopping, but that's another perfect example. Yeah, like golden retriever, black cat, yes, for sure. But it's like gender swapped. <laughs> it's um, um, Andy and April from Parks and Rec. Yes, literally. Oh my god, I love it. Yeah. Um, also, as always, every rom-com's got the miscommunication trope. That's just, like, um, a requirement to write a rom-com, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Because, and like, how it. else are you going to get the drama? Like, they don't know each other. Yeah, how else am I going to get my blood pumping, you know? Yeah. How like, else it can't all be good. Absolutely, like, musical crescendo of a of a plot twist, which is she misses the boat. <laughs> <laughs> she misses the boat and then she fucking trips out on a unicorn mechanical beast and like sees him from afar in the crowd in LA and it's like wow what more could you ask for <laughs> that's beautiful it's so romantic it's very romantic it's very beautiful to me Tessa Bailey you've done it again but yeah that kind of wraps up it happened one summer it's so so good give it a read if you haven't Next book that we are going to be covering will be the second installment of the Bellinger Sister series. It's called Hook, Line, and Sinker, and it focuses on Fox and Hannah. It's really good. It's, it's super cute. really good. Yeah, so read that, and um, that'll be our next full-length episode. But next week, join us as we fan cast that It Happened One Summer movie, which is going to be an actual movie. We're so excited. We're so excited. It's going to be so cute and so wholesome, but absolutely, like, even more excited to make my own cast for it. What do you think it'll be rated? How are they going to recreate these scenes? I think it's probably going to be PG-13. Damn it. <laughs> I see it. That's stupid. I, I think that it'll be implied that it's raunchy, but it, like, it'll be flirty, but it won't be. Get my dirty. shit on HBO. Yes. Tessa Bailey. Put that on HBO. Tessa, fight for your art. Like, let's make it That's a beautiful, beautiful Tessa Bailey. Like, smut is an art form. I want to see ass cheeks. I want to see some ass. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Tessa Bailey. We got to see it. 
but yeah so join us next week um super excited to do fan casting we are going to we are going to do a very good job we are putting our heart and souls into this we are going to try our darndest that's for sure so we will see you there and as always let's get lit